Hello and welcome to a very special episode, uh, a Spotify exclusive episode, in fact, uh, of the Misfits podcast with just myself, Fitz, and my good pal, Toby. Hi, I'm I'm Fitz's good pal, Toby. Yep, we're good, just a couple good pals and it's just the two of us here to... Just the two of us. That's right, here to provide yeah. you with a nice, cozy episode uh, for the next 45 minutes where we're just going to chat about whatever the fuck we want to chat about. Um, Mainly, we're going to chat about how any platform that isn't Spotify can suck a dick. That's right, Spotify. <laughs> yeah, you really you spit Sorry. on that cock, Toby. That's that's yeah. what Spotify wants to hear. That's yeah. Whenever Spotify is like, "Yo, could you promote us more?" They're like, "And yep. just make sure that you literally spit on the other yeah. other brands." Yeah, um, yeah. That's what they say to us. Uh, they request that. God, we are so sorry, Spotify. <laughs> this is not off to a good start. Um, yeah, I mean we. We, we don't really have any plan for this episode, but I thought nope. that it would be good for the two of us to do this because we kind of have the most history out of anyone in the Misfits. We've known each other for the longest time. Like six time. years. Yeah, six years. Maybe Something. even, I think it's even maybe more than maybe that now. Maybe seven. I'm, I'm 23 and I think that we met at school when I was like 15. So it's more like, like eight years, dude. Yeah. Which is crazy. Fucking insane. Like eight years is kind of like makes you just feel like a boomer because... You know, your parents are like, yeah, no, I've met, you know, I've been friends with this person for 10 years, you know, and it's like, what the fuck? That's yes, that's actually decade. so true. And in two years, that's going to be us. It's going to be weird. known each other for 10 fucking years. Um, but fuck. anyway, let, I mean, let's talk about how we met. We have, I mean, if, if you're an OG listener of the podcast, you might know that Toby and I uh, met at a rather interesting uh, educational facility. A wacky and zany school. That's right. A school. Um, which we both transferred to from a more traditional school and experience. Um, mm-hmm. I I went there first, and then Toby kind of arrived. I think you know six months to a year after. Yeah, I, 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 I like to tag along. Yeah, as always, Toby sort of tags along for the ride, even before meeting me. He's like, "Oh, this yeah. seems like the place." <laughs> <laughs> that 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 tall guy there. I want to go to his school. <laughs> Opportunity awaits. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, man, how do we dive into this? Because we have described our school before, but I almost feel like we should do a refresher because it's an interesting little place. Yeah. And uh, very, very unusual. And if explained poorly, then I think people are going to get the wrong idea and think that we went to some kind of like special needs place. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, which, which it wasn't. It uh, wasn't. <laughs> uh, it was definitely special. But, it was uh, very special. Very unique. But yeah, it was not a place, uh, you know, for. I don't know. Uh, look, let's explain it. Okay, so I didn't enjoy regular school, and neither did I. I have a feeling like you didn't either. Yeah, as you yeah. Know, a lot of people don't, obviously. But it was a bit more than just you know finding it boring and not vibing with the teachers. You know, like I, I had a really shitty time uh, towards the end of my elementary school experience and my middle school experience as well. And I was, to be completely honest with you, completely depressed back then. Holy shit, it was gnarly. Um, and my parents were like, what are we going to do? This clearly isn't working. Like, you know, I think we need to look into other schools. Um, and I remember kind of having a look around at more traditional schools and a couple, uh, private schools, you know, which were more focused on music and things like that. And sort of, we went in for lots of interviews and lots of different places. And I don't know, like every single place we went to, it kind of just felt like, they, they all feel like schools. They all feel like schools, and it always felt like this is going to be the same but different, you know? Like, yeah. it's going to be a different environment, different people, but more or less the problem is the same, uh, which is just that this, you know, 
well, one, I just wasn't good at learning in that environment. I wasn't thriving. Neither. Um, and, you know, kids are cruel. <laughs> kids are kind of dicks. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was pretty tough, too. And eventually my parents heard about this unusual place, this tiny little school uh, from a friend of a friend. And they were like, look, this place is definitely a little off the wall, a little unusual, but you should go in for an interview and just see if you think that it works for you. Because at this point, like, why not consider all your options, right? And I remember sitting on my bed um, and I think I was upset about something my mom was talking to me about, you know, what we're going to do. And she brought up the school to me and she described it in a way that made me think this place sounds like a fucking hippie uh strange weird cult. yeah i i feel like it's pretty hard to describe it in a way that doesn't sound like that yeah but we're gonna do our best <laughs> i think i had the exact same experience of um having the school described to me and be and just it sounding so whack and so weird that i just had no interest in going yeah and then and then i went and did the interview and i was like okay this is actually kind of cool yeah it's interesting because my parents, like when they were trying to sell it to me, I think they were more eager than I was to give it a go. And I think that after visiting, you know, I w was the one that really vibed with the place. And my parents were kind of like, what the fuck? Like, is this, can we do this? Yeah. Because it is so strange. Yeah. Like, as a parent, you want to make sure that you're putting your kid through the right education. It's kind of a big decision, right? So, yeah, I don't know. It was, like, all, yeah. it was a leap of faith, really, for both our parents, I think, to 100%. put us in an putting, environment. Like, putting your child in a non-traditional educational environment is such a like, sketchy move. Yeah. But also, it could just be the best move. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I mean, I was 14 at the time. Um, not a happy chap. And my mom described it to me as a kind of more open and free environment. A smaller school with only around you know 50 to 80 kids um, of all ages ages five mm -hmm. through to 18, uh, you know, to graduate. And I mean, by, age. by the end of it, there were, you know, there were like four-year-olds there and there were people yep. that 19-year-olds and stuff. Yeah, so it was a very like all-age-inclusive place. My yeah. mom described it as kind of like a, I don't I, like I don't, I can't remember the wording she used, but the image I had in my head was like a bunch of hippies sitting out in a field, cross-legged, <laughs> you know, <laughs> playing guitar with flowers in their hair, right? Like that was, that was, yeah. what, that was what I was imagining <laughs> this place to be like. And I was like, mom... You're fucking batshit crazy. There's no way that this is going to solve my problems, but fine, I'll go in for the interview. We'll give it a go. Um, the reality was quite different because, uh, um, well, the, the school actually changed location a couple times, but the original location that we both found ourselves in uh, with this environment was in an office building. Um, yeah. It's like a little four or five story office building, um, and it was just one of the floors on this building was the school. Yeah. The entire floor. Yeah. And, you know, the other floors are just regular businesses. I'm pretty sure that yeah. that one, you know, I actually don't know if I want to say like what the businesses were in case like it leaks, but, uh, you know, like just, this is a building where regular grown up people wore suits and went to work. They went up in the elevator. 100%. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, we, we, go, we go in for the interview. We walk into the lobby of this building, get in the lift. I'm pretty sure that there were some other people, some just grown adults in the lift going to their jobs. <laughs> and we go up to the fourth floor and the, the elevator door is open and immediately what we're greeted with is a, is a cage, a, cage <laughs> a chicken wire cage um, with a gate on it. And you know, in the middle of a fucking office building. Yep. And this wasn't like, there weren't like a lot of walls around. Like it was a very open plan design. And once you look beyond the chicken wire cage, you could see couches and books and kids sitting or kids running around or 
you know, little kids with a bunch of toys over to the right and older kids studying to the left. You know, it was very like, I don't know, just absolutely like, what the hell is mm. this place? It's like Narnia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like this little hidden environment in the most unusual play, uh, setting. Um, and after standing in the cage for, you know, a couple minutes, I think a little kid saw us and went to fetch um, one of the adults. Uh, yeah, so so the reason the reason there's a cage is because there's little ki- you know there's five year old kids in this office building. Mm. They don't want them going in the elevator, obviously. So yeah. there's this cage that someone, uh, one of the adults, has to like let you in through, yeah. just so that you know kids can't get out. And you also don't want strangers just coming up the elevator, yeah. and then just entering this educational environment unannounced, stealing a kid, stealing <laughs> a kid, or you know. One or you know just a bunch of <laughs> just any number of things that could happen. Uh, so it was a yeah, security. Try to avoid that. <laughs> it was a security precaution, basically. Yeah, I'm joking, but um, yeah. Anyway, eventually an adult uh, comes around. Like the well, I, should we say names? I don't know if we said names in the first podcast. I I've, I don't know. I guess it I doesn't have... really matter. Like if we just say a first name, right? If it's just first names, it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you know the woman who was in charge of the place was a. Uh, older woman called claire um who's a lovely woman and uh, you know yeah. i still go in to visit whenever i head uh, back to auckland uh, where you know where the place was um and she kind of peeks her head around the corner and she sees us and she goes hello and you know greets us and she's very warm and friendly um and she opens up the gate for us with her swipe card and invites us into the school um and kind of shows us around the floor and you know just gives us a tour of the facility and there's all these sort of different areas right you remember how like the different areas like there's a yeah it's like a toy area for little kids it was and, yeah so, so like the, there was this big toy area which was a large portion of the school because uh they believed in like learning through play very much mm-hmm. they believed that like really young kids will learn best just by like playing with toys and and you know like playing with each other and stuff yeah which is you know so, it has a lot of like scientific merit to it you know because the, yeah the play circuit is so so important in your developmental years like when you're a young kid and, and you know and for your social skills as well learning how to interact with other kids and like you know mm-hmm. trade toys and be fair and work out arguments with each other you know this was very much like an environment where kids could just be kids and they didn't have to worry about tests or yeah. remembering these history facts when they're six, you know, like they all they had to do all day was play with each other, play with toys, learn basic like phonics, reading, spelling, you know, basic, you know, things that are yeah. important to function in the world. But everything else was really just up to them. So, yeah, they had- yeah. And I mean, like another cool thing about the whole open floor plan thing for the kids, especially was like from a young age these five-year-olds and stuff are interacting with people in their 20s and people Mm -hmm. you know uh you know from all age ranges so you know even while they're young they are learning that like oh yeah it's okay for us to talk to older kids and stuff like yeah yeah we can socialize with these people that's that's a very good point because yeah i mean one of the things that I think school kind of restricts is like it separates everyone into age groups, you know, so only mm-hmm. the seven-year-olds hang out with the seven-year-olds and only the eight-year-olds hang out with the eight-year-olds. And, you know, that's not to say that these little kids were like hanging out with 18-year-old kids like every day, no. but it means that they get some interaction with older kids and they learn about kind of the hierarchy of, you know, of age groups, like, of like okay, so the older yeah. kid is more knowledgeable, more experienced, and they treat them with a certain level of respect. They give them their space, but they also... They learn how to interact basically with with all kinds of different people. Um, yeah, 
so yeah, I mean, there's like like a play area. There was this crazy area filled with old mattresses to play so in. So sick. Which was the <laughs> dopest thing ever. Imagine just a room, uh, or not even a room, it was like a corner of the office building filled it was, with like it was 100 like, old mattresses. Yeah, and there was these uh, like monkey bar fi- like type fences on the sides. Mm-hmm. So there were almost like ladders. So you could climb up the, the walls and jump onto these mattresses. Yeah. And you could also build, like, mattress forts and all this, you know, yeah. silly kid stuff that is just fun. Just a great area for rough-and-tumble play and just, yeah. you know, falling around. So, yeah, like, one half of the building was effectively dedicated to fun and play and just, like, you know, physical activity. And then the other half of the building was dedicated to art and study and learning and education, right, and, like, uh, and all that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, so we get the tour of the whole place. I don't, it's, it's so hard to tell that the image that is in the audience's head of this place by now, right? Oh, yeah. Because it's probably very different to how you imagine it. But imagine yeah. it's a very homely vibe. It didn't, it, you know, the opposite of clinical. Um, if anything, you know, it kind of felt a little, uh, I don't know, cozy. Like not, you know, it's not a pristine environment. Like this is a, yeah. this is a um, experimental educational facility, like a, they they did have funding from the government and a, well did they? I think so. They had some funding from the government, but most of it was but it wasn't funded much. from the parents. Yeah, so it wasn't yeah. like a like a fancy place, right? Very homely. Um, but yeah, it also felt like a very natural and cool environment as well. And man, one thing that you notice when you're a fourteen year old kid coming from school is just how happy everyone looked. Like, yeah. oh my god, these kids were just happy. They were just fun. Like you know, there was no no one. I, I mean. So, I think actually um, when I got the tour, there might have been an incident where a kid did get upset about something and they came like crying to Claire and then she just immediately was able to resolve the problem and, and fix like whatever the issue was, you know, like, so yeah. it was, it, it was impressive, honestly. Um, and yeah, then we had to sit down on the couches and Claire kind of explained how it worked to my parents and talked to me about my experience and how I was doing and you know, to be honest with you, I can remember crying during that interview, um, which I think a lot of kids do because, you know, you're talking about your experience at a regular school and how unhappy you are. You know, it's not a fun thing to confront. Yeah. Um, but it was it was wholesome. You know, it was a wholesome, wholesome conversation. And one thing I think that Claire uh, said that kind of stood out to my parents, and I remember this because they reiterated to me a couple of times later, is that the focus was on growth as a person as opposed to yeah learning, learning facts and and you know passing a test you know um, and it's so true too it's not just something they say like that is one thing that um that i would never want to be taken back from i mean mm-hmm. would never want to take back from that school is how much they made me develop as a person yeah yeah it just really kind of provides you with a like a fundamental sense of self-awareness and awareness mm-hmm. socially and honestly, I, I would be a totally different person if I didn't go there. Like, I think it's taught so me so I. many useful skills. And um, man, I'm extremely grateful for this place. Anyway, I mean, yeah. So that's kind of the introduction, I guess. Or I don't know if you want to talk about your I mean, yeah, but. I, my, my experience is pretty much the same thing. I, I like went to a bunch of, you know, normal schools. And the normal school I went to before uh, that school was... Uh, I was doing like pretty poorly in a lot of the subjects and I just didn't really care. Yeah. And they, the principal was like, well, if you, if you don't start doing better and focusing more on your work, then we're going to kick you out, mm. which apparently uh, was more of a threat 
and just to scare me <laughs> rather than actually going to kick me out. But I took that and I was like, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go find a new school then. <laughs> what an interesting mechanism to change a kid's behavior, just threatening them. Yeah. <laughs> just threatening yeah. them. With, how stressful for it's a young crazy. person to, you know, have to have to deal with that. It's, yeah. And, you know, it's, um, I don't know, like, I want to be careful on this episode not to seem like we are, like, judging the public school system. I think that it has a lot of problems, but I also know that I have no idea even how to begin to solve them, right? Because... Yeah. The fact is, is that society has a lot of kids. They all need to be educated, right? How do you accomplish that? You know? Yeah. And, um, you know, schooling, I def- like the, the system we have definitely is broken in a lot of ways, but I couldn't imagine. Like the school that we went to was a very rare case of something that worked. Extremely. But only because it was so tiny, you know? Like, and I mean, it also had issues as well. Yeah, of course. But like, yeah, but essentially I, I had j- my parents moved our family from Dunedin to Auckland, which is like the bottom of New Zealand to the top of New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And one thing they said was um, because they were moving us and, you know, taking us away from all our friends and stuff, the one thing we were allowed to do was choose what school we went to, which was the only reason why I was allowed I could go to mom and dad and say, hey, I hate the school that I'm at. Mm. I want to change. And they were like, okay, well, let's do it then. Interesting. And uh, mom, again, mom found that school and was just like, we, yo, we could try it. And I was like, this sounds weird. I don't want to go to this. And then I went there and had pretty much the same experience as you where it was just, it looked amazing. Yeah. And I think I started the next day. I think I did too, actually. Um, man, so crazy to think about. What an absolute leap of faith for my parents to put me in this place. Uh, of course. <laughs> like, uh, what an absolutely insane environment. Yeah. Like, literally, I think there were only 50 to 60 kids there at the time, you know, maybe half of them were above the age of 14 and the rest were all I mean, young kids maybe even less than half like yeah. it, oh actually i think i think more towards the end it started the ratio started tipping more towards the younger kids i think at the start it was probably 50 50 ish yeah and, and it, it, you know obviously we we both you know kind of blessings that we went here imagine going there from that young age imagine being raised in this environment yeah. not touching the public school system at all like you could really tell a certain difference between the older kids at the school who had been brought up since a young age in this environment to the kids that came in as teenagers, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously we, we both went in as teenagers. In fact, we both arrived at the school right when we were supposed to start our NCEA, um, which is the university Yeah, which is like the standardized, yeah. Yeah, it's like how- Standardized you- education system for older kids in- um, New Zealand. Yeah. So that that's how you get into university. That's how you get your qualifications to, you know, um, you know, get into the next stage of life education wise. Um, however, uh, we should point out that the testing wasn't done through exams at the school. At last, a comedy podcast that answers the age old question. What does a pompadour sound like? Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend features fantastic conversations with Conan and guests like Michelle Obama, Maya Rudolph, and Tom Hanks. And yes, those were name drops, because the guests are just that good. Speaking of drops, new episodes drop every Monday, so listen to the latest episode and follow on Spotify. There's a place where celebs can be themselves, thoughtful, random, and everything in between. It's on Rob Lowe's podcast, Literally with Rob Lowe, featuring people like Gwyneth Paltrow, Tiffany Haddish, and Chris Pratt. It's a look behind the curtain at Hollywood and life. 
Well, uh, listen behind the curtain if we're speaking literally. Follow Team Coco Podcast on Instagram for weekly lineups and listen to new episodes every Thursday on Spotify. Um, it was Yeah, all, they didn't believe in exams. Yeah, which I was like, I think that was a big selling point for me as well when I was going into it because I hated exams and I felt like I really, they didn't do me justice, you know? Um, yeah. Because I just didn't function well memorizing a bunch of facts for a test and then having to, you know, deal with this hour and a half of stress with a paper in front of you to prove your worth as an intellectual, right? Like what a, I don't know, for some people I think do well like that. I definitely did not. Um, and the way that this school handled it was through internal assessments. So it was all essays or, you know, for things, for things like maths, maths, rather, it would be just a series of assignments, you know, things like that. Um, yeah. So like w the first, I think the first day I went to the school, they kind of explained to me that like, Hey, uh, obviously this is going to be a big shock to you and everything's going to be, uh, such a different, I mean, culture shock is kind of the only way to put it. Yeah. Um, so they like slowly eased me into it. Mm. So for a while, I, I think for like a week, at least I, I didn't do any work. I was yeah. just, it was just me like adapting to this new environment and making friends and focusing on that yeah. so that that stress was out of the way. And then they started me on the work and yeah. the way, the way the working was, um, once you got over a certain age, there was a cordoned off area that had like a fence that the little kids weren't allowed in. And that was the the older kids like study area, mm -hmm. and you would go in there, and there would be uh, what we didn't call them teachers, we called them the adults. Yeah, the adults would come in and they would uh, bring you your assessments and and all these things that you had to do, and you did it at your own pace. Uh, you did it for yourself, and if you needed help, there were the adults there to help you. Yeah, and, and just to point out, just because you know we didn't call them teachers doesn't mean that they weren't qualified to teach. You know, they, oh, these yeah, were yeah. educated people who knew what they were talking about, right? In fact, I think a few of yeah. the people were people who used to be teachers, but um, you know, didn't like the system either. They didn't like teaching in the classroom environment, so they found this place. Um, so these yeah, are educated, so like the intelligent people that were very equipped to educate. Yeah, and it, it meant that. You know, you, you work at your own pace and we would, uh, you know, when we needed help, we would ask for it and we got one-on-one -on -one help for as long as we needed it. Instead yeah. of it being, uh, you're sitting in a classroom and you just have to learn at the same speed as everyone else. And if you need help, it's never going to be long one-on-one -on -one time, which yeah. was like amazing. Yeah. And I think another benefit of it is like in a classroom environment, there's a lot of pressure on you if you feel like you have to ask a question. Because you have to deal with the, yeah, the judgment so true. of like 28 other kids, you know? So I think a lot of kids in school suffer because, you know, maybe they feel like they don't understand, but they don't want to express it because what if everyone else smirks at them or makes a comment because, yeah. you, know, they, you know, like kids are just retarded. So I don't totally know. Totally. I, I remember so many times not asking questions because mm -hmm. I, it was intimidating in, in traditional school. Yeah. So very blessed to be able to have uh, like a one-on-one -on -one learning environment like that. And I think also... The, you know, as you just said, like a very cool thing about it was the fact that it, it, it instilled the sense of independence because yeah. you didn't, it wasn't like, okay, you have to show up at this class and you have to sit in this class for 50 minutes and then you go to this class and then you have recess and then this class. It was literally like you show up at school at 10 a.m. It started at 10 a.m., which is another very punk champ uh, thing about this place. Um, uh, yeah, I forgot about that. 10 a.m., uh, generally you would be expected to start studying around 11 you know, so you had an hour just to chill and like just has to hang out or, you know, you could do whatever you wanted. Basically, you play with the little kids or chat to the adults about something or, you know, 
literally up to you. Um, yeah. And then you would kind of be expected to work. Then lunchtime would roll around. And if you're an older kid, you were able to sign out, meaning you could go to the adults. You could say, hey, I want to go get some lunch. They'll be like, cool, no worries. Write your name here. Write the time you're leaving. And you could leave this office building and just go to the city and get yeah, food and, or hang out. Like, you know, like. And this is like, you know, 14 year olds and up sort of vibe. So yeah. it's like, you know, they're old enough to be independent, but wouldn't necessarily be used to that sort of independence. So it's cool. It teaches you like, you know, that you can leave school and, and things like that. I mean, it just treats you like an independence. It treats you like a yeah. young adult, you know, which is so, yeah. which is such a powerful thing for a young person to feel because in school you're coddled so much. I think like you're, you know, you have to ask to go to the bathroom, <laughs> you know? So like, true. And, you know, and all of a sudden you're, you're like 14, 15 and they're like, yeah, you can go to the city and get, get some lunch, you know? And that, that being said, like 14 is quite a young age to be roaming the streets alone, right? Like the adults were sensible yeah, about I it. I don't think, I don't think you're allowed to go alone. No, if you're a 14, you, you would have to go with like an old, slightly older kid, you know? Um, yeah. And because it was such a small school, everyone was kind of just mates with each other, you know? Like, yeah. there wasn't really any room for like negativity social-wise because you just had, you know, you're going to see this person every day, like right around yeah. the corner. So, you know, you, any issue you have with anyone, you just have to iron out through discussion. Um, it's almost like a like a sort of tribe environment in that respect, where <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like you're with the same people, and it's a small group yeah. that you're with every single day. You can't like go off and hide in your own little groups or anything. Yeah. It's just you're with all of these people all day. You just are friends with whoever you're friend with everyone, you know. Yeah. And you know you may not be best friends with everyone, but you feel like you can get along with everyone, of course, just because you kind of have to. Yeah, like there's no room for. For negativity like you know you just have to iron it out because what are you going to do otherwise you're just going to have to deal with this negative energy all day <laughs> with yeah. this person but yeah i mean so yeah we would be able to go out and run the city and then you would come back and you would sign back in they'd be like okay so now we, we know where this kid was like they were out out of town for an hour to get lunch now they're back and then you know normally like in the early afternoon the older kids would hang out and we would do things like play poker or play like other social games like like we had this weird uh, uh, version of the game Mafia, if anyone knows what that is, which is like a game of like, you know, lying in the sea, you know, just like social fun yeah. little games, like whatever we would do. Or sometimes maybe you would just hang out on your own and read or um, yeah. or play with the little kids, like playing with the younger children. I would do that all the time. Yeah, it was yeah. actually quite a big part of this, which was so, I don't know, I really think that's really, really cool too as a young person to have experience with young kids, you know, and to like yeah, know it's how like to play and rough and tumble and be safe with them you know like man what a i don't know like it, yeah it was it was really nice and just knowing that like the little kids were totally comfortable around you you could be totally comfortable around them yeah it wasn't you weren't intimidating to them or anything yeah you could just you know play with them and and have fun uh like i i remember for a while when i first joined the school like at the end of the day every day i would just go to because at the end of the day all the kids would sit on these couches and wait for their parents to come up and pick them up yeah and i would sit on those couches with them and just read them stories yeah wow. and i just i like loved doing stuff like that which is something that i didn't really get the opportunity to do anywhere else yeah you know unless you have like young cousins but even then it's, it's yeah kind of weird like what you said um you said you used the word intimidated earlier which i think kind of is important because with school you know the sixth graders are afraid of the eighth graders. They don't want to talk to them because yep. they're the older kids. And, you know, maybe the yeah. eighth graders are kind of snarky towards the younger kids and they don't treat them 
as equals, which, you know, they shouldn't because yeah. they're, they're technically not equals. But what this school really did was it, it kind of it broke down that barrier of intimidation. So, you know, these young kids, they weren't afraid of the older kids. They respected them because they know that they're older, um, but they weren't afraid. I, there was this, this and they weren't afraid to like afraid is a word that could be uh, misconstrued, but like they're not afraid to talk to them either. Yeah. When when we say afraid, we don't mean necessarily like oh I'm scared of that person he's gonna hurt me. Yeah. But like you know sometimes there are just people that you're like oh I don't want to talk to that person you know I'm intimidated I you know they're on a different level to me or something. Yeah. But, exactly. Yeah. Like there was this, this young girl. Um, you know I think she was one of the younger. She was maybe like you know, seven years old when I arrived. Um, and she just like latched onto me and, you know, oftentimes I would be like going to work or going to the study area and she would literally like cling to the bottom of my leg and like, playfully, you know, and like I would have yeah. to cart her around on my foot, you know, and she's like laughing yeah. and like, you know, this, it's just like good natured fun, you know, just like it's fun. Yeah. And then you would have to say, okay, look, I got to study, like go, go play. And she would be like, okay, no, no worries. And, and they would respect that because yeah. they, you know, they knew that. They had to. Yeah. Or, or there was this other like, young kid, um, I think his name was Alex, who was just obsessed with superheroes. And like whenever I would walk past, he would like, you know, he would just start playing. He would just do like a power up move, like, and like, you know, shoot an imaginary fireball at me. And I would be like, uh, and like play <laughs> along. And, you know, just you're just entertaining this kid's like, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's so wholesome. It's such a wholesome thing. And, and, and it's something that I feel like a lot of people you know, would hear something like that and go, oh, that's fucking cringe, you know, like playing with little kids and stuff. But like, <laughs> I imagine, <laughs> but like feeling um, comfortable doing that and knowing that it's like, okay. And it's like, yeah, this isn't cringe. Like who gives a fuck what we're doing? You know, just have fun and, and don't think about it is so much more like freeing. It's nothing cringe. About it. What an insecure way to, way to view the world. You know, like imagine thinking that's cringe. All you're doing is just making this kid's day. You know, yeah, <laughs> and and playing. You know, like it's it's not for you. It's just to, you know, it's to give them like a, a fun time, a fun experience, and yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's cool. It's really cool, and it's really cool that you could seamlessly go from that to like, okay, now I'm doing my work. Now I'm now I'm yeah. getting my education. Now I'm studying. Um, or you know, another way that we would learn is um, you know, there would be tutorials if you go to university. I don't know what they call them in America. Maybe they call them tutorials, but it's just like a small group class where you would go over you know a certain thing you know like i don't know like we did biology we do biology tutorials and an adult would come in and teach you you know a bunch of little things and then you would take what you learned and go and use it in your study um and your study was really up to you as to how quickly you progressed the adults kind of kept an eye mm -hmm. on it like um every couple of weeks you would have a review and they'd be like okay what you yeah, they made to? sure you were actually doing work yeah and you know, they'd be like, what you been up to lately? And you'd be like, okay, well, I did this, this, and this. And I completed this assignment and I'm doing well with my English and I'm working on my, you know, my level two in CEA. And then they'd be like, cool, okay, this kid's on track. This kid's doing well. And if you weren't on track, then they would either, you know, give you a warning or maybe they'd get the parents involved and be like, hey, we think your kid's slipping behind. Yeah. But it's interesting because it kind of just, again, it comes down to that thing where they just treat you with respect, where it's like, look, you're here to learn at the end of the day, you know, you know, we expect you to do your work. We expect you to, we, we expect you to learn, right? And if you don't yeah. want to do that, then why are you here, right? It's like, yeah, what, exactly. why do you, what are you here for? Um, and if you really weren't doing anything at all, then eventually I think you would just be asked to leave because it's like, well, you're not making the most of this environment. You're not learning anything. You're just here to fuck around. Then, yeah. You know, 
that's that's not good, right? So maybe you do need a bit more of a disciplined disciplined environment. Yeah, and th that's the thing. Like this sort of school environment totally isn't for everyone, and there are plenty of people that go to traditional traditional schooling and absolutely love it. Yeah. Obviously, you know, we're not saying that traditional schooling is a fucking terrible thing for everyone. Yeah. But yeah, but we are trying to. But one, yeah, we're just trying to vouch. Oh, no, what you for, say? We're trying to vouch for, you know, the fact that this is, you know, alternate education does exist and it can be really, really cool, you know, if it's done properly, right? Like this was, yeah, this is a curious place, man. And wow, it definitely taught us both a lot about just how to be a person in the world, how to be independent. Yeah, yeah, but like for like I got a um. So basically, all the all the work was sent from the correspondence school, which is basically the same way homeschoolers would do it. So if you were at homeschool, you would be alone with your parents and stuff, and they the correspondence school would send you these folders that you would go through and work through them. And it was pretty much the same thing for us, except we obviously had actual teachers around that could help us if we wanted, and we were doing it in an environment with a bunch of other people. Mm. But I got one at some point that was just like, you know, I needed to do an essay on something um, and there's no time frame on anything. It's just do it. And I think I worked on this essay for like, it, it was at least like six months. It might've even been a year <laughs> that I just, so I like wrote out this really shitty draft mm -hmm. initially. And I was like, I'm, I'm really happy with this. This is amazing. Yeah. Cause it was like the first essay I had really put effort into. Yeah. And then I, I, what we would do is I, I would take it to Claire, the, you know, the principal person that runs the school, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. And I'd say, hey, can can we look over this? And we would go outside, and she would smoke a cigarette, <laughs> and we would like, I'd like read the the thing to her, and then she would be like, what do you mean by that? You know, and and like call yeah. me out on certain things, and mm -hmm. and then I'd say, oh well, I, I I guess I meant that. And then you'd rewrite stuff, and literally doing that over like a year or six months or however long it was, um, doing that like you know once a week or twice a week, just going out with her and discussing my essay took me to the point where I, f I felt like so good about my essay yeah and stuff like that was just amazing and obviously because of that i got like a really good mark on the essay yeah e essay writing was really um maybe one of the most important educational tools that they had you know um obviously the the environment was restrictive in um you know certain certain uh educational fields like you couldn't really do like tech you couldn't really do cooking. Yeah. You like science was restricted. We didn't have like labs because this wasn't a heavily funded place, right? So, um, I guess that's one of the ways in which it might be flawed compared to a, a regular school. But man, yeah, like if you if you wanted to be a doctor, you wouldn't. Yeah. Although, see, I I say that, but at the same time, I do know that if if you had a, a very clear career path that you wanted to follow, mm -hmm. and you told them when you were fifteen, you're like, hey, I really want to be a doctor. I know that they would do like the most that they possibly can to get you qualified to then go to uni for that. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um and yeah, you know, you were just talking about the essay writing pro uh process with Claire and how she really made you question everything you meant, right? Which I think is yeah, and, super important. And it wasn't uncomfortable. Like, you know, I, I feel like if a teacher traditionally was like, what do you mean by this? It would like stress me out. Mm. But through doing it with Claire, it was just like, oh, yeah, I should change this. You're right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's right. It was, it was such a great way to learn. It, it just made you, yeah, really, I don't know, learn how to really put a lot of thought into exactly what you meant and exactly what thought you were trying to convey, um, which I guess is kind of the fundamental point of an essay, right? It's like, okay, I have a, I have a point. 
I have a thought that I'm trying to convey. Um, how do I do this in the best way possible? And you would just yeah. keep doing draft and draft and draft and draft until you really feel like every sentence was, you know, both grammatically correct and also, and it wasn't like fluff or unneeded, like, you know, I don't know, therefore thus like, you know, garbage, you know, yeah. weird language that was just like kind of gassing the essay up. And it was just this efficient piece that just conveyed to the best of your ability, the point you were trying to make. Um, and man, I know for a fact that even though I only went to university for a year before, you know, dropping out to, you know, do a year of waiting and then eventually become a YouTuber, that, that essay writing, um, the skills that I learned in, in the school for essay writing helped me so much in university. And I always got top marks on my essays. So pretty cool stuff. So yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of a, um, an outline of the place itself. And I would really love to hear, I don't know, I wish I could see the, the mental image in the listeners' minds right now. Yeah, exactly. Like, right? But, uh, because I think to so many people, it's going to look, I, oh, I mean, to be honest, I think to everyone, it's going to just look so strange yeah. and nothing like what it actually is, yeah. but you know, it's hard to explain, but it is what it is. And yeah, I, you know, it, it made both of us, well, it was incredibly influential, I think to both of us, um, hugely, uh, and yeah, we met at this place. So yeah, I, w I got there first and you arrived six months after and we didn't, yeah. we didn't become, you know, best pals. I was just about to say that. I don't think we were like. I, I don't think we were really, really good friends until after you left. Yeah. Almost. Like, at, we were, you know, we were obviously friends with each other and, you know, we were pleasant with each other and stuff. But I, I wouldn't say we were necessarily, like, good friends. We had, we um, had some kind of connection, I think, because yeah. we, what, what initially, I think, bonded us was that we both were kind of into improv, right? True, um, yeah. And... You know, there were also, there were guitars around the school and I, you know, I play guitar and, you know, I would like to pick up the guitar and chill out. And we, we, we kind of initially bonded by just fucking around with the guitar and just making up songs on the spot, right? And just, yeah. just being a goofy. As, you know, like, like the sort of vibe of what you saw in the latest uh, Misfits vlog, the Queensland vlog, yeah, on the stuff like that, except a little more PC. <laughs> yeah. um, well, uh, we would just do that at school. We weren't exactly PC back then either, but yeah. Yeah, true. You know, we, we, we sort of found like, oh, we're both kind of, we like improv. We like fucking around and just make it. We're, yeah. I, I guess um, a good word to describe it is we were both a little theatrical. Um, yeah. And that's, that's something that I've sort of only recently kind of really noticed about myself is that i'm actually quite a theatrical person in general you know which is weird because i never i would have never described myself like that but when i look at you know my youtube career and sort of the way that i am generally i've always loved performing right and uh, yeah i think that you kind of might be in the same boat there but anyway totally um that's kind of how we initially connected and yeah we would we were in the same social circle like there were only yeah 20 to 30 you know quote unquote big kids from ages 14 to 18 you know so we were in the same circle and we would play board games and we'd play poker a lot together yeah. um and we hung out a bit I mean, outside of school as well towards the end you know like it, yeah towards the end we we started hanging out outside of school a lot and that was kind of when you you started telling me about counter-strike i remember yeah and i was and i didn't have a pc yeah and i was like i had always been a console kid um, and then I was like, oh, I really want to play games with, um, you know, the people from school, but they all use PCs, uh, you know, and I was very in a fortunate position where my parents just were able to buy me a PC. So we, you know, I started playing games with Fitz and, and that was kind of 
where the friendship really like blossomed was when we started playing games together. Yeah. And realized how like similar our humor was and stuff like that. Yeah, we we really got along on a, a humor level. Um, and then when I left school and it was the summer vacation um, over Christmas because that summer the side of the world, um, and I had like I think three or four months before I started university, um, which by the way was accepted with top marks. You know, I had I received automatic entry qualification from the school, so I was able to get into any university in the country. So, you know, clearly the school did something right for me educationally. Um, I had this little period of time where I had nothing to do. And I was like, well, I've sort of been, I've always wanted to start a YouTube channel just, you know, to see what it was like. I think I'm just going to do it. Um, And so I started making these little corny videos. (laughs) (laughs) And I think... um, Yeah, because I mean, you and I were, were like, you know, I remember we played Battlefield a lot. Yeah. And when we were playing Battlefield, it was always just like, I mean, it was like a fucking Fitz video, you know, just constant back and forth and, uh, doing bits. Yeah. I remember you, (laughs) you edited it once you edited one of the Battlefield play sessions up and just sent it to me for fun. Yeah. And it was, it was funny. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, this is kind of cool. I I think I can, I think I want to do more of this and I think I want to put it on YouTube. Um, and I started out on YouTube just doing solo stuff, but eventually through DayZ, we started playing that as well. And um, yeah, I think that was even when I went to university. I wasn't able to record when I went to university because I didn't have my PC. It was back at my parents' house in a, in a different city. But whenever I went home, which was every couple of months, I would just bulk record, bulk play games, and then slowly release videos throughout the university year and just treat this thing kind of as a semi-serious hobby that I enjoyed. And, um, you know, eventually... Uh, you know, I think it wasn't really until I left university and started working as a waiter and was able to record after work that the channel sort of started getting a bit more attention. Um, mm-hmm. And some of my work started, you know, blowing up on Reddit. And uh, yeah, you, you just sort of became a more and more regular character in the videos and eventually you started streaming. Yeah. So like, yeah, that fits. I remember someone convinced you, or not convinced you, but someone was like, you should, you should stream. And you did your first stream, and I was on. Th- I was on the first few streams mm-hmm. for pretty much the whole streams, and I, and I was always like, you know, back then we were doing the, those improv bits where we would go on surf servers and <laughs> do radio shows and stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I love this. This is so much fun. So I decided to make my own channel on Twitch, and yeah, yeah, it grew from there. It, it's crazy because I think that we both really just liked entertaining. You know. That was yeah. really what it was about. And those surf servers, man, um, which we've described a few times in the podcast, but for those of you who don't know, is just like a um, community server on CSGO where a bunch of people could talk over the mic. It was like in, in Australia, especially, there was this culture of just shit talking and just a bunch of guys hanging out on these servers and just shooting the shit over VoIP. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's like, you know, like 30 to 40 people that are on there like every night and you can just hang out with them. Yeah. And it created this platform for us to just fuck with these guys or to entertain them. And oftentimes, like when we started getting going with our banter, we would sort of find the whole server sort of just listening to us, you know? Yeah. And it sort of, you know, the, the, it would go from being this constant toxic shit talk, which was fun, obviously, yeah. to everyone being silent and just listening to Fitz and I yeah. to the point where if someone interrupted, they would shit talk the fuck out of that person for interrupting. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, we're listening, <laughs> you know? And we were just doing goofy, dumb shit, like just, you know. Yeah, I don't just know. pretending we were drug dealers and stuff like that and just, just improv. silly improv. Literally just improv, that's all it was. It was just spontaneous, yeah. off the cuff, 
role playing almost um you know not to make it sound cringe it wasn't cringe well it was cringe but it was also it, it was funny was that a little we were, it was definitely a little <laughs> yeah. cringe but we were also just you know we were like what 18 19 just just goofing off yeah goofing off you know um and man it was fun and the video started getting more and more attention on my end um and then your your stream started taking off as well and we started streaming together a lot and yeah, next thing you know, there's more and more characters that are coming into the picture. Like we met Swagger Souls on the Surf server and um, me and him really hit it off. And I don't know, the group sort of just started to slowly form. And yeah. eventually we just had this kind of cast of characters and eventually it moved to CSGO matchmaking and we would just make lobbies and not focus on the game at all and just shoot the shit. Just fuck around. Yeah, and I mean, that's always been the thing with our videos. It's It's... You know, I, I feel like it has that relatableness of, oh, they're playing that game I like. But at the end of the day, we're not really Counter-Strike YouTubers or, you know, Fortnite YouTubers or whatever we were. It was more just like comedy YouTubers with a gaming background, you know? Yeah, just a backdrop <laughs> for literal nonsense, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, next thing you know, like, we're you know, meeting up with this cause of characters at places like PAX and we're... Mm -hmm. collecting little stories together and we're like well we should do yeah. a podcast and we'll call it the misfits podcast and it just things just escalated things just kept getting bigger and bigger the audience kept growing and there were just more and more eyes on us and it was like all of a sudden we find ourselves in this position where we have a fucking company <laughs> and we have yeah. you know, one of the top podcasts in the world and um everyone's got their individual careers going <clears throat> you know at whatever pace they they feel like and it's cool, man. It's it's just a crazy journey to see. And I honestly don't know if any of it would be possible at all without the school that we went to. Um, yeah, I agree. But like, I mean, it's it's kind of crazy that, um, you know, out of the 20 to 30 older kids that were at the school at the time, two of them became fairly successful YouTubers. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, interesting. I mean, not only would we have never have met, but also there's so many skills were learned. and what yeah. really a big part of it was just just told us to be comfortable with ourselves um in a way that we just i don't think well i don't want to speak for you but i just wasn't able to do it at a regular school you know i wasn't comfortable with myself i was yeah. i was you know i felt belittled to the point of like insecurity um i i think i i mean even for the for a while uh at the start of the new that school i was you know in a sort of shell yeah and kind of put up this facade Absolutely. Well, yeah, I, I, I feel like I still, to this day, have like remnants of my experience at school that have, have affected me, you know, and that I'm still like learning to let go of now. Um, but man, this place like saved me, bro. This place fucking saved mm -hmm. me. And uh, yeah, it's cool to see. Very cool to see. And yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's 45 minutes. This is this, this yep. is just a little special episode. Um, with, you know, there's going to be a couple more of these out. I don't know what combos they'll be or what they'll be like, but we thought that to kick it off, it would be cool to just go over our history because I think it's really interesting. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about it again at some point and um, maybe go into more detail, but there you go. If you listen to the whole I, thing, I, yeah, I, I know that this is going to bring a bunch of questions because every time we talk about the school, people are like, what? Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much for listening, guys. Uh, this has been a Misfits Podcast special episode for Spotify. Um, and yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.